Season 1, Episode 13, and this is one of my short solo episodes in which I go down the rabbit hole and discuss topics that are timely in the suicide loss grief community or things that are just on my mind as they pertain to my own journey. I'm going to start first by asking you to do something that I keep forgetting to do at the beginning of my episodes, but it is how other people are going to find us. So I want to ask you to take a minute if you haven't already and not only like this episode, but please subscribe to get notifications of every time that I put out a new episode. And please, if you feel so led, I would love to have you share the leftover pieces podcast anywhere that you feel appropriate that we could find other grievers in the suicide loss community. Okay, so now I'm going to dive in down the rabbit hole. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the new year. I'm going to start by talking about my focus word. And I just put this on my Instagram page yesterday or the day before. And my focus word for 2021 is going to be flourish. I don't know if you've seen it, but if you haven't, I put that last year I chose a plum, which a plum isn't a word that probably a lot of people use in daily um vocabulary. I'm kind of a word nerd. So um, it's something that I had used before. And strangely, I had no idea how very appropriate that word was going to be for 2020. It basically means to handle things with poise and grace under pressure. So while I just felt like it was a natural progression in my journey, my grief journey for me, um, it turned out to be um such an appropriate word. And I have found that a word for me helps give me some guidance and some accountability, but it's not the same kind of pressure as making a whole bunch of New Year's resolutions that ultimately you feel like you're just setting yourself up for failure. A word gives me a focus. It gives me something to fall back on um, when I need some accountability or when I need something to be hopeful about, but it also allows for some flexibility and isn't quite as rigid as a set, a big old set of uh, goals or things that you have to achieve. As a little bit of background to the focus word, I started picking a focus word for my year in 2017. And if you've listened to any of my other stories or my introduction, I lost my son Alex to suicide in August of 2016. So when I chose my 2017 word, you probably won't be surprised that the word I chose was survive. Um, And literally it described how I felt that 2017 was going to be about whether I could survive the loss of my son or not. Well, as I said here, I obviously did. Um, We all do. We wake up every day. And sometimes the best we can do is survive. 2018 turned a page to where the word for me felt like choices. And so I literally chose the word choices for 2018. And 2018 really was about life choices for not only myself, but myself and my husband. 2019, I chose the word thrive, which I'll touch on in a minute um, as to the fact that I've chosen flourish this year. Um, 2019 was a plum and again, didn't know how appropriate that was going to be, but it turned out to be. And then this year I've chosen flourish, which is kind of a synonym of 
thrive, not even kind of, it is. They show up in each other's synonym definitions. Um, but for me, flourish feels like thrive 2.0. Um, if you'll see, um, I put that the definition for flourish is to be in a vigorous state or to thrive. I like the definition that also says to grow luxuriantly. That's just kind of an interesting word. So to grow in a luxurious way or to be in a state of activity or production. And those things really resonate with me right now, grievers. That's where I'm at in my journey. Now that said, I also said I was going to talk a little bit about the suck of the new year. So while I've talked about setting a tone and a focus for the new year, I want to go back to the fact that the new year comes at the end of what for most of us as grievers find to be one of the most difficult parts of the year, the holidays. And I don't know about you, but even my fifth holiday season since losing Alex, there's just a part of the holidays that, well, a big part that will never be the same. Um, if it was just me, I would probably do away with them all together just because of how much it sucks to be without my son. However, truly on the other side of that is that I still have so many people in my life and it's just about the growth and the balance that I've talked about before. I've learned that just like when Alex was alive, everything didn't center around him. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't center around any one person in our life. But now that he's gone, while the pain occupies a big piece of me, and while there are shattered pieces that I'm still putting back together, and there are pieces that are just gone, I also still have a lot of people in my life that I love and that love me and are still here and still bring joy. So it's about trying to find a balance. So for me, the key is to be realistic with yourself. And that means allowing for flexibility. So, you know, I talked about that a little bit with my word, but it really goes to the whole notion of being flexible with yourself and not being so rigid in what you expect. And that's a big, big thing for the holidays and then going into the new year, because I don't know about you, but the new year, it's not, it doesn't feel very um, happy because it does mean that I'm one year farther away from Alex. It means he's been gone one more year this year. And I don't care how far I get away from this grievers that never ever feels any different. And to be honest, in some ways, as the last few years have gone by, it feels worse. I don't want to get farther away from him. So can't do anything about the passage of time but I can do something about what I do to go forward myself and take him with me. And with the holidays, my youngest son 
Parker was here with us and his wonderful girlfriend. And we had an absolutely wonderful six days together. That doesn't mean perfect. Um, we did spend time talking about um, Alex and a lot of it was happy and joyful and funny because Alex brought so much of that to our lives and still does. But there was also a lot of heartache that we needed to share and that was good. And that was cathartic, but it is what it is. It, it isn't, um, it's very symbolic of the fact that the holidays have changed for our family and that is just what it is. Right. So we made new memories and we've started some new traditions and we always stop and remember Alex and it's always a relief to get through the holidays. So like I've said before, there's a lot of ands. I try not to live in the ors because it isn't about having a happy or a sad holiday. We had a happy and sad holiday and that's okay because it's honestly the best we can do right now. So I'm going to kind of wrap up my thoughts today here in the next few minutes with a couple of things um, that I want to finish with. I want to first tell you that in 2021, know, know in your soul that it's okay to not always be okay. That's part of this grief journey. Find support. Find a grief community. For me, that was a game changer. Please, grievers, give yourself a lot of grace and space as you heal and as you grow forward. You need to be flexible with yourself. There's really no place for rigidity in a grief journey like this because it just doesn't serve you well. We can't always decide ahead of time what this is going to look like because it does change sometimes every day. Sometimes, especially in the early years, it changes several times within a day. That's why you have to be flexible with yourself. And that leads me to a thought that I know I refer to a lot, which is take what serves you as you grow your, and build your grief toolbox and leave what doesn't. You're going to look for tools and all of them won't fit equally. And that's okay. Some of them won't be for you at all. So don't ever feel obligated to try to make a tool or something work for you if it doesn't but I encourage you to try a lot of different things because you may be surprised. I know I have been at some of the places that I find the most comfort and help. I will encourage you in 2021 to find something new to love. And there's a reason for the new part, find a new hobby or a new interest or a new group to be a part of. Because for me, at least nourishing the new part of me, as I blend it with the leftover pieces of the old has been so important to actually seeing hope for the life that I'm building now. One thing that I love, just one, I have found several new interests, but one thing that I love is the ocean. 
And that may sound like something strange, like, duh. But I've lived in the landlocked Midwest most of my life. And so now living down here with access to the ocean, the last few times we've been, I can't even tell you how much it calls to me. So I'm going to take a minute and ask you a favor. I'm going to ask you to let me know if there's any topics or subjects or specific people you'd like me to have conversations about or with. I'm doing this for myself, of course, but I'm also doing this for you and for the suicide loss grief community. And so it's really important to me that what I'm talking about and the conversations I'm having are resonating with you. So please find me on Instagram and send me a message or I think the, my email may be on there as well. Please feel free to reach out to me. It's just Melissa at the leftover pieces.com. If you want to email me and I would love to know not only any feedback that you have, but if there's anything specifically you want me to talk about, I'm going to kind of finalize here and tell you that in 2021, the last thing I want to leave you with today is that let's keep talking. Let's keep talking about our loved ones. Let's keep talking about suicide and suicide loss and about mental health. Let's keep talking and having these conversations because I think they're everything. And I'm going to step outside my own comfort zone and read something that I wrote. I posted it on my Instagram two posts ago with a picture of the beach from our Christmas trip. And the title I put on the picture is The Ocean Knows My Grieving Soul. And I'm not a poet, and I've never even really dabbled in poetry writing other than when we've done it, you know, in school or in college courses. But that was a long time ago, grievers. And I don't really know why this came out. And when I was done writing it, I thought, well, I guess that's a poem. Um, not one in the rhymey kind of way, but more of prose. So I'm just going to read it. My grief is like the ocean. It can ebb and flow. It rises and falls. It can rage strong. And yet it can calm softly. It either keeps us afloat or we are taken under. She is vast and beautiful and scary and unbelievable and grounding all at once. Her waters make up most of our world, even parts we cannot see. You may find buried treasures beneath the surface, but also creatures, the ones of the deep, dark places. It will take us on a rousing adventure, but then carry us safely home when it's time. The ocean holds the past and the hopes of the future within every wave. The ocean speaks to my grieving soul, for it is just like it. Until next time, grievers, talk soon.